Welcome to NeuroNoodle's Neurofeedback and Neuropsychology Podcast featuring tech legend Jay Gunkelman. He is the man who has read over a half a million brain scans. Our goal is to provide information and promote options for better mental health. The NeuroNoodle Podcast is supported by listeners and viewers just like you. A special thanks to our gold and silver supporters. Earn up to 16 CEU hours by attending Applied Neuroscience's NeuroGuide Workshop December 10th and 11th in Madeira Beach, Florida. It's led by none other than Dr. Robert Thatcher himself. There are two ways you can attend, online or in person with the link appliedneuroscience.com slash attend hyphen ng hyphen workshops. And if you sign up now, you can join Dr. Robert Thatcher at his house for a pre-course get-together December 9th. It's going to be a blast. What a better way to enjoy winter by being in Madeira Beach, Florida and earning up to 16 CEU hours. Sign up now at AppliedNeuroscience.com slash attend hyphen NG hyphen workshops. MindMedia.com. Get the latest EEG and neurofeedback technology from MindMedia.com. Their semi-dry sensor cap is a wonder to see, and their EEG amplifiers have been trusted in the field for decades. Their neurofeedback and QEEG courses will get you up to speed in no time. Visit MindMedia.com now. Alex Nee, CEO of Divergence Neuro. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you very much, Pete. Thanks for having me back again, and thank you, Jay. What has happened since the last time you've been on? I go to your site and I see new devices, affordable devices. Uh, what's going on? Well, uh, you know, lots, lots, really. So you've uh, you've hit the nail on the head as a uh, as a starter. You know, we've uh, we've added a couple of really affordable new devices uh, onto our platform, which means you can purchase them at an affordable price. So starting with this one called the BrainBit. Band. So that's a four-channel uh, dry wireless uh, EG band. This one has a really appealing kind of low-profile form factor. Um, so it looks like one of these um, 1980s old tennis star sweatbands. So you can just wear it kind of like this. I won't because <laughs> I got my headphones on. But um, <clears throat> it covers four sites. You've got T3, T4 on the temporal side, and then you've got O1, O2 on the occipital side. So this is a really rather um, great entry-level device if you want to do, you know, uh, posterior um, alpha tracking your posterior dominant rhythm, uh, things related to sort of introspection or externality of focus versus, you know, emotional balances on T3, T4. So these ones are, are fairly comfortable sensors. They can, you can squeeze them, they're compressible, uh, fully dry, fully wireless. Um, you know, plug and play. It's completely Bluetooth, so very, very easy to use um, anywhere with your uh, with your device and, and our Divergence app, obviously. Um, and then we've got a more... Hey, hold on, Alex. Idea. I don't mean to step on you. That yeah. thing's what? 500 bucks? It's $500, Pete. Yeah, <clears throat> got it. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty affordable as far as uh, a device that delivers uh, a near clinical grade quality EEG. Now we've uh, we've worked with BrainBit for about half a year now, since uh, really in May uh, timeframe when we received our first uh, prototype 
uh, and since then, you know, uh, we picked apart the data uh, that's been recorded on on that device and many other devices, and we've compared that in terms of signal quality uh, with some of the highest high-end clinical devices, and and we're happy to report that, um, you know, it does look very similar to a very uh, clinically uh, validated device in terms of amplitude, um, in terms of digital signal quality and characteristics um, than uh, most of the devices that we've seen out there. So nope. that's that's the first bit so of the news. I have to roll the clock back just a little bit. You know, the rule of thumb, and you know, rules of thumb, what you should do is cut the thumb off, of course. But uh, the rule of thumb used to be that for an amp, you'd expect about $1,000 a channel. And it sounds to me like you've got a four channel for 500 bucks, which is way below the expected $4,000 that you'd kind of a, the rule of thumb. So I'm glad I'm missing a thumb, you know, um, it, <laughs> of course I do, I do, I do have my thumb. I, I cut four fingers off. I've got oh, all my so, um, uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it's astounding to see the price come down and the quality remain solid. And uh, that uh, it, it's it's easy to make a cheap, bad amp, but people are making inexpensive, not cheap, but inexpensive, but good quality amps at this point. So I'm I'm very pleased. You know, to Jay's point, I think it's, uh, it's truly, in a, you know, we live in a brave new age where I've certainly heard of that, you know, $1,000 per channel rule of thumb. And, and this really kind of underpinned much of the, the classical uh, clinical EEG era uh, where, where that's still applicable, you know, in sort of the highest, the high end devices with, uh, um, you know, uh, rugged amplifiers and, and wires and, and clinical devices. Um, but, uh, you know, on the flip side of that, just, you know, I'm happy to um, summarize what I've seen in the last five five years or so, particularly uh, ever since the OpenBCI architecture, you know, was really adopted by a lot of the hobbyists and, and then more serious researchers, um, ultimately clinicians that are treating uh, people with things like anxiety, um, ADHD, um, you know, trauma, depression, uh, where form factor has become as important, if not more, as, you know, the pure sort of accuracy on the highest of high end. But, you know, we're talking about how pandemic has completely transformed the way that we see healthcare, um, including mental health care, uh, obviously. You know, I was just at this uh, conference in Las Vegas till yesterday called HLTH or HealthConf. And, uh, you know, everyone's talking about um, outpatient care. Everyone's talking about at home, at home remote care. And I, I think, you know, we've come to the point where we can't dodge the question, you know, for any system that delivers any kind of care, how is that going to be applicable when a patient does not have the physical capacity to come into a clinic and get wired up and, and undergo, you know, the sort of more traditional rigorous kind of EEG outfitting. So, um, you know, I think that's where, where you see that mode really being uh, broken or transformed where, you know, we're seeing amplifiers uh, that are really size of not much bigger than your thumb plus battery that, 
is able to amplify up to you know 500 data points per second at a very uh, specific digital resolution that rivals um, most of clinical devices. And that we're seeing EEG really on the other hand to prove that, um, prove that point. And then we've got fully dry wireless sensors mounted. Um, so this is the other one, uh, it's called the FLAX. So this one is, is a four channel device as well, but unlike the, the band, the difference between the FLAX is that you can attach four channels anywhere on a pre-printed 1020 cap with locations marked on them. So what this allows you to do is obviously, you know, as the name suggests, flexibly define any protocol in terms of measurement or, or feedback and attach the leads on the other end, like so, uh, where those channels are, and use them flexibly uh, in the divergence system. So you can create a, so here I've got my favorite, you know, midline. So it's F, Z, C, Z, P, Z, and, and O, Z. So I've got all four channels mounted in the midline, and I can just put it on to my head, you know, within about a minute, and then have a stream EEG uh, pretty flexibly with no gel. Um, um, it, it's quite a it's quite a transformation uh, from where we came from. I, I think you know in terms of mobile EEG, quality mobile EEG. And this unit retails for seven hundred fifty dollars, um, and it comes in a in a convenient little box uh, that looks like this. And we've we've already started to have uh, a lot of our providers onboarding this unit on our platform. Um, especially folks that really love midlines and, you know, which is something unfortunately missing on a lot of these um, <clears throat> sort of mobile solutions, you know, for one reason or another. So this is, this is a, a quite a neat unit um, to kind of watch. Um, yeah. And, and the midline has such good in, information locations, you know, anterior cingulate, uh, cognitive flexibility, obsessive compulsive, uh, a motivation, uh, addiction, uh, about a third of the addiction is driven by the anterior singlet. The vertex, uh, where somatosensory uh, insomnia with beta spindles at CZ, PZ, your default mode network. And the default mode network can be flipped off by the salience network. So you've got all that at the uh, simple three electrodes at the midline. And you, you toss in an o OZ on top of that and uh, some of the people who do uh, occipital alpha theta as opposed to parietal alpha theta, uh, they they've got it all in a in a in an inexpensive dry sensor system. I used to have to stick twenty one needles in kids' heads, you know, <laughs> a centimeter long needle stuck to the hilt, oh. you know. So, um, you know, I <laughs> it was a dry sensor uh, until you stuck it in, you know, and then it was definitely wet. <laughs> and uh, you know the, uh, the the advances are tremendous. We don't have to sedate unconscious uh, a kid in order to get them to cooperate for a study. No kid's going to sit there and have twenty one needles stuck in their head without wanting to leave the room. You know, so um, the the, um, the good old days weren't the good old days. These are the, the good new days now. And um, and the future is so bright, I have to cover one eye, you know? So it's, it's astounding how far things have come and how far they still are going to go. 
and it's it, the future is extremely bright and in part because of uh, individuals like yourself who spun off of a project that was looking at EEG, trying to predict seizures and epilepsy with AI and, and you know, artificial intelligence kind of stuff looking at EEG, and, and you spun off into the neurofeedback world. Um, we, we will harvest all of the bright people we can from uh, traditional and research application areas and apply them in the neurofeedback world. It's a, uh, it, it's a, it, it's interesting to see uh, the 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 high end research people uh, uh, kind of streaming into the neurofeedback world now uh, uh, with with interest in the clinical applications. Uh, the the computational neuroscience people have been kind of avoiding clinical. Uh, focusing on their mathematics, basically, for 20 plus years. And they've gotten really, really, really good at it. Um, their, their techniques are fabulous. The software is impeccable, uh, you know, and, and, and shareware, which matches up nicely with the low cost approach uh, for devices. So, um, it, you know, the future is extremely bright. And and it's companies like Divergence Neuro that's that that are uh, kind of the the headlamp uh, for the field, uh, showing us where we're headed. Alex, you have that cool '80s headband, and then you have that uh, black unit. We got moms and dads that watch New Techs. Okay, what what would be the difference? I'm assuming that you would send it out, or they would buy it, and they would use it at home. Uh, tie into your uh, uh, service with the with the phone and, and train. What What is the difference between the two? Yes, of course. Uh, and that's a great question, P. So I, um, I think the main difference is, is simplicity versus um, capability and, and um, extended number of features, right? So if you want to um, train your alpha up, um, you know, on a posterior, you know, with classic Joe Camilla, you know, alpha up, alpha down protocols, you know, whether you're training external focus or, or um, spaciousness or spatial awareness using uh, the alpha and the rare, I think this is an excellent device to start off with uh, where you don't have to fuss over placement. Uh, you simply put it on. I'm, I'm going to demonstrate it. I'm just going to excuse me for one second. I'm going to detach my uh, headphones here so you can put it on like so and voila you know there you go and the the reference is in the front and so is the ground so you can see on on the opposite side there's some metal here that's the ground in the middle and these are the references so everything is centrally referenced their forehead so there's a downside to that um you know if you have a lot of eye blinking or muscle movement on the forehead you could potentially risk some contamination there but because the the frequency bands are so far apart, you know, even with some global impact there uh, that ripples out from the muscle movement, um, you're still going to be able to get pretty clean shot of alpha, especially in 0102. So that that's what we see a lot. Is since this device has been added onto our platform, which is really since the last ISNR. I, I remember announcing this on ISNR, um, you know, August first <clears throat> this year. We've sold about you know, probably close to 50 devices to our, our end user group. Uh, and people reported that they love this device because it's it's 
put on and go and there's not a whole lot of hustle that you have to um, contend with in terms of placement so it's a fairly user-friendly device especially for beginner population um, that know what they want to work with which are, are simpler protocols and you can also work with uh, balancing protocols now my friend Rebecca has been training uh, sort of lateral balancing squashing uh, the low frequency ranges and delta theta uh, with t3 t4 and she's been really kind of excited about you know, waking her brain up again uh, without getting too much specifics but uh, but you know just on t3 t4 there's been some some concerted progress achieved there over over the last four or five weeks that i've seen so so it's simple it's quite poignant and it's elegant you can take it uh in your backpack uh, pretty much anywhere you go and the battery is uh, it's very minimalistic it looks like this and then you just slot it in and it keeps for about 12 hours of, of continuous operation which is remarkable in of itself and you can you can even use this to do sleep study as well um kind of turning around to the more advanced model you know of course we talked a little bit about the flexibility and and i think the other thing that's worth noting is the the ground and reference leads are earlobe attached, so they're um, you know a a nine a ten I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jay. Uh, they're earlobe attached, so there's very minimal uh, amplitude disturbances or common mode noise that that comes out of the mastoids. So you tend to get much cleaner signal, you know, in terms of again with these great compressible uh, gold plated. Uh, sensors that can get through quite a bit of hair. And um, with these advanced models, our clinical population tends to really have a sweet spot on them because a lot of our folks are fairly advanced neurotherapists. And they want to create protocols that are, you know, very potent for four or five channel protocols. They can they can cover the midline, they can cover part of the, the central executive network, salience network as well as default mode network all at once using four channels, um, which isn't so much of an easy requirement for most of the devices out there, believe it or not. You know, to achieve this kind of coverage uh, while having the flexibility and and all all the while being under a thousand bucks, that that's not that didn't seem like a very easy requirement to me. So I'm glad that with the the addition of the flex device, um, those requirements can be can be addressed. Um, so so I'm happy to to sort of see the clinical population and the therapists embracing this this unit here. Um, Given your company's orientation. The end user isn't just hung out to dry either. Uh, they're no. they're they're tied in uh, through your dive app back to the home offices uh, link to the therapists, and um, it, it allows for uh, monitoring. Uh, you, you've got the ability to query uh, your your uh, clients. Um, uh, how was your sleep last night? Uh, um, uh, did you eat a good breakfast? I mean, the, you, you can actually ask uh, meaningful clinical questions that are little quick texts back and forth. So you can stay in touch with your client and interact. Uh, you know, feedback from your client is important uh, uh, in, in order to know Kind of how was the effect of the session that we ran yesterday with a different protocol? Uh, what? How did your day go? That's 100% correct, Jay. So I'm just 
decided to share my screen a little bit here. So we shoot, and I thought I just made it up. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's as if we're on the same frequency. Sometimes I don't know what to tell you. Um, So you know, right here you've got uh, two sections of questionnaires, and this is a a bit of an advanced view to um, what we've improved recently. We've uh, pulled all the questionnaire responses here, so you can actually look at the intake questionnaires when they're done and and sort of their uh, answers. So these are obviously not real patient data because I'm using my demo account here. Um, And then pretty soon we're going to have aggregate graphs in terms of tracking the progression of recurrent questionnaires um, using standard scoring such as GAD7, PHQ9, and others. So you can see more graphic representation. But for now, um, as you said, all the intake data uh, for intake and recurring questionnaires are pulled up here, uh, tucked under the uh, specific client's overview. So you can have all that information, you know, in one view. And then right up here is a client dashboard, which shows me, you know, how often these clients have been training and then this particular client, um, what their training averages have been day to day, week to week, and and so forth and so on. And I can also look at the, as, as their provider, I can look at their percentage of reinforcement here, active duration on average, and how did their training go on a particular day on, uh, on its gory detail. Uh, and right up here, I have some sections indicating the training progress on a week over week basis, how, how fast they ramped up, um, and what their sessions have been and, and recent activities have been. So I have a, a single dashboard that basically allows me to, to pull a very quick bird's eye view. And then if I want to drill down, of course I can do so, you know, by clicking the button and that gets me into their last uh, session that they've uh, they've commenced on the platform. So, you know, again, here's the raw EEG. I think this part, uh, you know, you've seen before, Jay, here's the raw EEG collected on one of the BrainBit devices. And here's the computed metrics, in this case, alpha, you know, between 01 and 02, uh, with a threshold of 60% for, um, I think this one is external focus because we're inhibiting alpha and back. So yeah, um, so data is something that we, we take very seriously. We're really trying to create a platform that is first and foremost um, device agnostic. I think you see this in our philosophy in, in incorporating different kinds of devices. We started last year with Neurosity Crown, which is a thousand dollar eight channel device, excellent device. Uh, Great if you have the budget because it does cover eight channels and the signal is second to none. you know, and then we added more low profile sort of entry level devices like these ones for our, um, you know, more simpler users that are training one or two things on our platform that don't perhaps need an eight channel device seems like a bit of an overkill. Um, and then we've added this very flexible device to accommodate for advanced clinicians that want to place their channels flexibly in accordance to their own needs. So, um, but but I'm also excited about something else uh, at the same time. I, you know, I think that one of the things that we've talked about since last year uh, was, you know, this perspective that we're this platform that can accommodate for most devices, but what we primarily focus on till today um, is the aspect of neurofeedback training. So obviously that this begs the question, what happens to the other side of, of measurement and, you know, uh, of, of assessment, right? So, 
you know, Jay would, would tell all of us and, and his teaching consistently that, you know, look, it, you know, there's a whole standard and best practices and database and people that came before us uh, so that we're lucky enough to pick up the benefit of this, this work to have these QEG databases that provides us with empirical evidence of, uh, you know, how the neural networks are behaving and, and how that leads to express symptomologies of A, B, and C. So we have none of that on our platform today, but that is about to change. So the other really cool piece of news that I'd love to share with two of you first is that the Divergence platform team is working on, for its first uh, first time in its existence, an assessment methodology that could leverage four channels strategically uh, and using clinical um, relevant symptomology databases to come up with a functional assessment that incorporates the biosocial cycle model, um, which uses limited channels of EEG data um, to, to basically add an empirical structure that will allow, you know, genuinely biopsychosocially oriented folks to treat their patients um, with a guidance that um, is created in a very functional and effective way. So we're working on this assessment model. Um, the working title of this model would be uh, QPRO. So you heard it here first um, at the NeuroNoodles show. We are working on QPRO to be slotted for release mid-January in, in a proof of concept capacity uh, for all the users on Divergence platform. And QPRO will be, will be uh, best carried out with a flex device, which we have the uh, freedom to place channels in different parts. Um, so that's something that I'm really excited to to announce, um, and then we've hired an, an amazing uh, chief clinical officer just recently. Um, that's a bit of mystery. I will share that in the time to come. But he will—he's someone that has thirty-five years of clinical experience and and twenty years of neuro experience. Um, comes from the West Coast, um, and he's very excited to guide the Q Pro development with the Divergence team uh, using his knowledge and uh, and skill set. So. Um, all those excitements are, are going to be unraveled um, in the very near future uh, if you stay close to our blogs and, um, and our um, development news on, on the Divergence website. But yes, it's, uh, it's, it's a very exciting time indeed. You heard it here first on the NeuroNoodle podcast. Alex, somebody buys the product. We can go from the 80s headband to, to the more advanced. They get it. They put it on. Can you just walk through what the process is, like an unboxing, like they open it up, what's the next step, like who's controlling the thresholds if they're going to train, how does all that go down? Certainly, yeah, I can I can actually walk you through this with the real software. So earn up to 16 CEU hours by attending Applied Neurosciences NeuroGuide Workshop December 10th and 11th in Madeira Beach, Florida. It's led by none other than Dr. Robert Thatcher himself. There are two ways you can attend, online or in person with the link appliedneuroscience.com slash attend hyphen ng hyphen workshops. And if you sign up now, you can join Dr. Robert Thatcher at his house for a pre-course get-together December 9th. It's going to be a blast. 
What a better way to enjoy winter by being in Madeira Beach, Florida and earning up to 16 CEU hours. Sign up now at AppliedNeuroscience.com slash attend hyphen NG hyphen workshops. One of the first things that our clinicians uh, would do when they when they get the, uh, uh, the, the the gear is that they will add the gear into their inventory. So you can simply do so by navigating from your main web app. Uh, you choose devices and you can just click on add new device. And then right from there, you can choose one of the three devices that we support again. You know, I'm going to use this for an example uh, because I really love the flex. So on the back of every device, there's a little tiny um, serial code. You can, I don't know if you can see it from a camera here. So you add that six digit code in there and it's easy as that. Um, I'm just gonna do that. Eight, okay, so I've just added this brain bit device under my management. So from there, uh, this is really one of the ways that we can manage devices is as a provider. So this presumes that the provider buys the device and then adds it to a client account and manages it on behalf of the client. So the next thing you just simply want to do is you assign that device to one of your clients who's under your management. So you simply go to device clients and you click, you pick your client. And in this case, I'm picking Again, my demo client here called Diversions Test, and then I'm just going to click Assign, and voila. So that client, when when they log in, they're going to see the device that you assigned to them under their their Dive app here. So, um, and all they have to do is then, you know, after firing up their their Dive app, they're going to uh, attempt to connect to that device once that device is powered on and within the vicinity of the um, of the mobile app here. So I'm just going to log in, and I'm going to of course pair. <laughs> you can see that pair was my flex device here. So. Once I'm done, it should say device connected and give me a battery percentage. I was using this quite a bit yesterday and the day before, so it's still at 79%. You can see it's it's pretty good. Um, so then what's going to need to happen <clears throat> is I'm going to need to find a protocol that, um, that basically uh, is created for that device. So I'm going to actually create one from scratch. So you know, the process here. So as I mentioned earlier, um, the Flex device allows you to create uh, many different protocols, leveraging different channels flexibly. So really it depends on what your favorite configuration is. So let's call this Jace midline. Uh, in order to differentiate, we need to give a protocol a, a unique name. So we're creating this as a special protocol because Jay is very special to me anyway. Uh, I'm interested as I'm sure. Uh, midline specific. A bit about the protocol. Let's run it for three minutes. Why don't we? It was a one minute baseline. And then here's where things get interesting. As soon as you select Bring Bit Flex, you're then presented with a 21 channel montage. Uh, so again, you know, out of the 21 channel, you're allowed to choose any four. Remember the, the capacity for number of channels with flex devices four. Um, so 
as we said, we wanted to take all midline for the four in this protocol. So we're starting with FZ, and we're going to work our way back to CZ, PZ, and ultimately OZ. So, so now these are our four channels, and that's what's going to be associated with this protocol every time. Now, um, type in something here. So one thing to point out is that when you create a protocol, just because oh, we have to select the feedback type. So between separate and combined feedback, which we'll go into, let's do combined just for, uh, just to humor ourselves, just to keep it simple. So here you can actually hear the feedback. So if I share my sound, through the system, which I'm going to uh, right now, you can hear uh, what kind of feedback you want to choose to deliver to your customer. That's a little strong. Uh, how about something gentle? Um, we can create our first event here. So out of four possible positions, we can choose to say we, we want to use PZ, PZ here. And we want to train, let's do a classic alpha down. Why don't we, we can inhibit, you know, tighten up the band a little bit between nine and 11. Actually, I want to train high alpha. So I'm going to go 10 to 12 and I want to start with 60% here. And there's our event. We want to inhibit that alpha, particularly at PZ, which is really a classic joke in the all right, so let's say uh, we can we can kind of check out different feedback here again till we're happy with it. Um, share the sound again. So this is a static noise. Uh, we can also use video feedback that is YouTube feedback as an option. So that there are many different options that we can use as feedback. So this is another flexibility of the platforms that allows you to create feedback almost willy-nilly. Um, so you can see I've got a ton of audio feedback that I've uploaded as MP3s, and I've also got video feedbacks that are basically YouTube videos that I've created. And to create a feedback is simply go to feedback and you can insert either a MP3 here and make it available later, or you can create a video feedback by inserting a YouTube URL, um, either of which could allow the client to see that precise feedback you want, uh, you know, when you choose the feedback here. And that's how the feedback is sourced. Um, so for now, we can keep it to be something simple, maybe like a, like a light ring sound. Something nice and soothing. Not bad. Okay. And create other events as well. Uh, you can say, let's inhibit um, gamma in the front because we don't want somebody to be too excited doing this protocol. It's just tighten the gamma band to be 30 to 40. And then again, we're going to go with 60%. So you've got inhibit gamma, inhibit alpha, uh, front and back. Uh, this is really kind of a did I do that right, Jay? I think that's a that's a classic one. <laughs> it, in fact, there's so many different ways to do things. I mean, uh, uh, training alpha up is is uh, a, an approach for old uh, fashioned Kamiya work, but 
obviously the PTSD people have identified uh, alpha suppression uh, as as a uh, one of the ways that you can end up helping uh, with PTSD. So uh, you know the, your suppress uh, at, at PZ uh, for alpha or OZ at, at, at alpha basically would end up being uh, uh, something that would be commonly done for a PTSD client. Uh, but training alpha up is different than training it down. Uh, but you have the flexibility of depending upon what the purpose is. Um, you know, somebody who has almost no alpha and needs to kind of chill out and relax and uh, make more alpha, you have the alpha enhancement approach. And somebody that's got PTSD that ends up needing to have the alpha suppressed and actually find, following the alpha suppression training, there's a rebound. Uh, but uh, um, they're they're learning control over their alpha power, and uh, I think ultimately the suppression giving the control ends up being useful for the PTSD folks. But you've got flexibility; you can train whatever band, uh, whatever location. Um, you know, uh, at this point, four channels. It's my understanding that the same company is going to be producing one with more channels for you at some mm -hmm. point, but you know, the yeah. future is the future. Um, <laughs> as I say, it's so bright. I got to cover one eye. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for that. All right. So we're just about done here building this protocol. As you can see, folks, that took us about, you know, less than five minutes to build and, and in a very graphically intuitive user interface where everything's wired in. Uh, so what we've got to do next is let's make use of this protocol so that we can push it to one of our clients, in this case, my test client. Uh, so I'm going to save the protocol first, find it in the list, and then I'm going to make a run schedule uh, based on that protocol called a session. So here's our protocol. So what we're going to go do next is we're going to go deploy that protocol by creating a session. Let's call it JS session. So again, find our client, and then in the session control tool, you can easily customize different aspects of, of this protocol uh, pertinent to the specific run. Um, so you can modify the thresholds on each event. You can modify overall protocol duration or baseline duration. You can even modify feedback type and particular uh, feedback that you decide to use uh, without changing the template protocol definition itself. This is why you know it's called customize. You can you can really customize that and cure fairly conveniently. So this allows therapists to easily reuse protocols that they've created without you know recreating it again and again and again and once for every client. Um, so once you've done that, you can choose you know your protocol recurrence here or you know, if you want to just try it out, you can just point and click on a calendar uh, number of days that this protocol will run. Uh, so let's do that since we're just trying this out. I select the 17th, 18th, and 19th of November being run dates. So I can go ahead and say, create a session. And so when you get to here, the system actually allows you to combine, you know, questionnaires, as Jay mentioned earlier, so that you can assess the the user's subjective experience right after they've completed uh, a neurofeedback protocol. So you can you can quickly help you know understand you know what's gone through their mind and how did that protocol go and what were their experience while doing the protocol 
rather contemporaneously instead of you know having to send them an email or something else after which they may or may not fill out. Uh, so this way, all the questions um, and protocol related assessments are staying in the same app, right? So right now I'm just gonna drop a quiet mind assessment just to prove the point. So I'm gonna hit them up with a one question assessment right after they've done the protocol. And that tells me how their experience has been. So everything's good. I'm going to turn this protocol on and then um, see how that looks when they do it. <clears throat> so after you create a pro protocol, you, the last thing to do here is you just want to turn the session on by activating. So we're going to find the session first. Here's our session. And then we're going to simply activate. And when I log in um, with my phone, um, I'm going to find this protocol in my client's protocol run list. So now the therapist part has been done. The rest is I as the client um, logging in. And if you can see my screen here, you should have Jay's protocol somewhere. Let me find that Jay's session midline. Here we go. So if you look at it closely, my camera is not, there we go. There's the focus. You can see the Jay's session midline that we just deployed. So we're gonna go ahead and do it. So you're gonna bear with me as I take off my headset and put on the cap and put the headset back on. <laughs> you got it. Sorry about, sorry about that. I hope you can still hear me. So what I'm going to do is to put on the headset like so. You just wrap the chin strap around your chin. Make sure your ears are poked out. Um, and then you want to make sure the other thing is that the electrodes are making contact with your scalp. You just want to massage them a little bit. Just make sure they're all fixed, fixed in place and you can feel them. Um, so then what you do is you take the clips you put on your earlobe like so so again these things are fully dry there's no sailing no gel to fuss around and uh, i'm about done right now so my headset back on can you still hear me yes excellent okay well we're good to go so i'm going to again connect to my headset here by selecting the headset And now it's attempting to connect to my Flux headset. It's taken a second and now it's telling us it's connected. So you want to see this before you start doing a protocol, making sure the headset's good to go. And then we're going to choose J session and it's going to prompt you how to connect the electrodes. If you haven't already done so, if you've already done so, you just force through these sets of instructions and then you should end up looking somewhere around like this and then we get started we want to wait till the electrodes both turn green that means your signal quality is good to go so we use impedance matching uh, provided by the brain bit hardware in order to assess signal quality so as i'm going through this <clears throat> what i wanted to do is look at my own brainwave data and i can do so by navigating to 
my client screen. And then in the client that I'm looking at, I have what's called a live waiting room. So when I click on join as a therapist, I can see if my client started to do their protocol. So I'm starting this protocol and it's within the first minute baseline. So as soon as I stop talking, you'll see my EG from the camp. noise maybe mainly because I'm wearing this giant headphone on top of you know what I suspect will be CZ and TZ. I'm going to make a small adjustment. That should give me better signal. Seeing is my real-time EEG. I'm going to close my eyes now. Yeah, some of these channels will feed back stronger alpha components than others. And you can see the computed data on each advance. So first the gamma suppression and then secondly, the alpha suppression, uh, because I'm paying a lot of attention externally. This part's not difficult. So the video will go brighter or dimmer based on how I'm meeting the criteria. So is the sound, you know, louder um, or quieter. I don't know if you can hear the sound from the protocol. doing so well now as I'm distracted. So you can see the feedback taking place here. So, and here's the real brain waves because I'm talking, it's a little noisy in the back. I can try to adjust it. There we go. I think this might have been my OZ, I had it backwards, so you have to be fairly careful when you attach the leads, but you know, this was OZ. As soon as I close my eyes, you can see what happens here. See that strong alpha components, and that's got to be PZ. So alpha would be the most prominent on OZ and then PZ. So there you have it. That's my training protocol, and now I'm done. Not bad for the first time, 65%. This is, you know, uh, I know my brain fairly well. I've been doing this for a while. Uh, and the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to fill out my experience on this. And, and all it contains is a single question, how quiet did you feel? So it's a sliding scale. I'm going to move it to you know, somewhere about a two because I didn't feel too quiet talking through it. <laughs> Anyhow, um, and that's that. That was my client's experience. Now, you know, the client's done here. 
what we can look at is what actually happened during that session. I'm going to detach my head cap. Continue this part and like that. No mask, no fuzz, no gel. And now we have to wipe all my that stuff out of your hair. Great, hopefully. <laughs> so I can play through the EEG here as raw EEG. You can see the quality is pretty decent, except for one channel is a little off. But this is a 100 microvolt range by default. So you can see the variation for most part stays underneath 50 microvolts, uh, which is fairly decent in terms of uh, uh, filtering amplification. You can see those alpha spindles there when I close my eyes, fairly registered alpha. It's characteristic to my brain. Okay, so it stays fairly consistent except for the, the third channel throughout the recording. There's some disconnect when I was taking my headphones off. A little bit of muscle noise here. Um, typical after six hour flight last night. Um, and, and again, here's uh, our calculated data. So this one, again, is gamma in, in the front. Uh, so I think this is really in the back, unfortunately, but uh, because I have my wires crisscrossed. But you can see the computed you know, gamma amplitude here on average throughout the, uh, the three minutes that I did my protocol. There's some spikes here and then start training down as I you know, focus on internal um, calmness and here's my alpha comparatively all over the place. There's some noises here, but you can see the computed data coming from these two uh, events. So yeah, here you have it. Um, in the future, you know, we'll create a protocol that's just based on measurement with no feedback. So we can capture about three minute worth of data and really using some of the state of art um, Racial detection that looks at eyes open, eyes closed, alpha ratio, alpha recovery ratio, you know, theta beta ratio, these critical ratios from different sites to understand how different parts of the brain uh, are working together. And using that information, we can infer, you know, brain health um, in terms of these sets of critical data. And we will be uh, rolling these data into a report. Uh, I'll give you a preview on what is about to come. So we'll be rolling some of these data in a report like so, and then have you know, clinical remarkability ranges identified based on, uh, on these data sets computed uh, from these locations here. Uh, you know, we'll have an assessment protocol uh, which collects data and then we'll run it through the analysis engine uh, and then we'll generate uh, ratios and visualizations uh, that looks like more like more or less like this, and then you're going to be able to get a full out report uh, based on these ratios as to um, in, in what ways your brain can be potentially clinically remarkable, uh, and in what other ways they're not clinically remarkable. So you know, here are some of the ratios and um, just a sneak peek that we'll be computing. So very exciting times. Um, and now, now the, you you buy the the product. Is there a subscription, or you know, you you buy the app too? How does that work? Yes, glad you asked. So that that is one one part I didn't cover. I apologize. So it is a straight up monthly subscription. If you're a provider, uh, you would start at let's say a hundred dollars a month. That would entitle you to five. Uh, patients on our platform and if you need more you can always upgrade later uh without any kind of you know a long-term commitment um 
right you know you have 30 days to trial it out uh, that's on a software um and if it's not for you for whatever reason you don't uh, have any obligation to continue to pay us so you have a 30-day free trial period to determine uh suitability of, of the platform to your practice uh, le learning curve looks awesome how about uh cleanup like how do you disinfect so uh, to disinfect is, is actually quite simple. Um, so it depends on the device. If you have um, something like the cap, what I would do is, is um, simply unmount all the electronics. Like so, I'm just going to do it right in front of you so you see how fast it, it really is. So you're going to unclip the buttons uh, from the sensors and then shake them out. Um, so here are your sensors, yeah, yeah. all four of them. So what I would do typically is I would soak them in a profitable dish face down and then let them hang out and dry for about 10 minutes. That's how you disinfect the sensors themselves, okay? So they're just metal gold-plated sensors, nothing too nuanced about them. You don't want to get gel stuck into these things because they could they could make the spring-loaded pings stuck. Right. You don't want that. that that's that's a problem. But... You know, that being said, these things, you can wipe them down with alcohol swabs or with alcohol uh, uh, napkins, right? And these caps, they're basically nylon caps. So what I would recommend is cold water hand wash and hang dry for about an hour. So there's almost nothing to them you can see. Um, and again, you know, I know BrainBest ships these caps in three sizes by default, small, medium, and large to fit yeah. different head sizes. So they're fairly easy to clean because everything's modular, right? So, and and if you know, follow my personal channel, you know that I, I MacGyver, some of these was a baseball cap. I don't have it here. Oh, here it is. I can use my baseball cap to mount the same electronics underneath with pre-drilled holes on them. So that, that's just a personal preference. You can certainly uh, do the same if you if you know where the holes are going to. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's that's just something I, I enjoy doing on my own. But um, if you're looking at something like these, what I would do is take an alcohol swab to cling on the inside, and again, you know, cling around the electrodes a little bit, um, and then just let it hand dry between uses. Uh, simple as that. Yeah. New, newbie question: What if I just had a U, UV toaster oven and I put it in there? Would would that do it? Yeah, UV is is new. So certainly a good idea for the sensors. I wouldn't uh, probably subject the PCB part, uh, which is the electronics part of it, in, in UV. Um, I mean, not that I think it would necessarily have enough power to damage electronics. It just typically, I would avoid it. Uh, for safety reasons, but uh, but otherwise that that does pretty well too. So if you, you can toss the, the sensors like these, you can toss your cap into UV. It's just it's it's quick. Um, yeah. Always a desirable solution. Jay, this is nifty stuff, man. The price is coming down. Uh, you you can you can have a stable of caps. You can afford it and. Uh, it the 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 learning curve for the tax is pretty quick, so I don't know. It's looking pretty good. Future's so bright, I gotta cover one eye. <laughs> Alex Nee, CEO, Divergence Neuro. What's the best way for us to learn more about you? Well, um, I started writing a blog. Um, you know, I've been so busy, you know, uh, and that's a great question. I've been so busy working in the business 
leading our team, you know, in terms of product development and how to translate some of the stuff into, into working code that I haven't actually taken a pause to start, you know, writing some of the strategic direction stuff. So uh, I haven't realized that I've recently started a uh, blog. So if you go to divergenceneuro.com, you will see my first blog. And it's really starting from why, you know, we're doing the things that we're doing. Um, so if you just go here, um, you will see that my first blog is, is actually a year in review in our 2022. Uh, and the first part talks about all the reasons why we have to invest more into technology uh, when it comes to mental health and, and all the factors that starts destabilizing, you know, from pandemic to politics to, to health issues to, uh, to healthcare general direction uh, and the people who really need help um, and how that number is really growing. Um, so I plan on continue writing this blog um, at about, you know, once a week, once every couple of weeks to really communicate not only you know, our progress and product roadmap, but really the development around uh, mental health technology and uh, especially when it pertains to neuro. So so this will be a thing uh, that, that is somewhat ongoing. And, uh, and also, uh, if you follow my LinkedIn, uh, Alex D and I uh, on LinkedIn, um, you'll see that more sort of just-in-time updates that I'm uh, uh, what I've been up to, what Divergence has been up to. I posted a few things about the conference we were at in, in Vegas. Here's, uh, you know, for example, uh, me demonstrating the latest devices with some of the Canadian healthcare innovation folks um, that, that went to Vegas over the last few days with us. Um, and yeah, so awesome. LinkedIn is an excellent way to stay in touch with what I've been up to uh, as well. Oh, Alex Nee, CEO, Divergence Neuro. Thank you for coming on the show, my friend. Thank you, as always, uh, Pete. Thank you, Jay, for giving me the space to talk about our very exciting uh, new developments and divergence and uh, looking forward to uh, being on the show again and catching up with you. Oh, everybody. absolutely. You're always coming out with new stuff. Awesome show, Alex. Great job, man. The Neuro Noodle Podcast is supported by listeners and viewers just like you. A special thanks to our gold and silver supporters. Earn up to 16 CEU hours by attending Applied Neurosciences NeuroGuide Workshop December 10th and 11th in Madeira Beach, Florida. It's led by none other than Dr. Robert Thatcher himself. There are two ways you can attend online or in person with the link appliedneuroscience.com slash attend hyphen ng hyphen workshops. And if you sign up now, you can join Dr. Robert Thatcher at his house for a pre-course get-together December 9th. It's going to be a blast. What a better way to enjoy winter by being in Madeira Beach, Florida and earning up to 16 CEU hours. Sign up now at AppliedNeuroscience.com slash attend hyphen ng hyphen workshops. MindMedia.com. Get the latest EEG and neurofeedback technology from MindMedia.com. Their semi-dry sensor cap is a wonder to see and their EEG amplifiers have been trusted in the field for decades. Their neurofeedback and QEEG courses will get you up to speed in no time Visit mindmedia.com now.